have a few scripture readings uh, this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be looking at Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 10. Uh, but before I read that, um, we'll turn to uh, Genesis 50. Genesis 50, and I'll be reading verses 15 to 21. So Genesis 50, beginning in verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So from that passage, we'll mostly be considering uh, verse 20. But then our main text uh, for this evening's service is Proverbs 16. So we'll turn to Proverbs 16 now. And the verses that we'll be considering from Proverbs chapter 16 is verses 1 to 4. And then verse 9 and verse 33. But I'll read for us Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 9, and then verse 33. So Proverbs 16, beginning in verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even for the, the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. And it'll help for you to keep your Bibles open 
uh, to that passage uh, this afternoon. I'll also read for us uh, Lord's Day 10. I'll read question and answer 27 as well as question and answer 28. So once again, that's on page 21 of your Creeds and Confessions book. Page 815 at the back of your hymnal, if you have one of the newer hymnals. So Lord's Day 10, question answer 27. What do you understand by the providence of God? Answer, providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things in fact, come to us not by chance but from his fatherly hand. Question 28, how does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? Answer, we can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from His love. All creatures are so completely in His hand that without His will they can neither move nor be moved. Dear brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, when I and my family uh, lived in America, we lived just south of the city of Chicago, just uh, one minute across the border into northwestern Indiana. Uh, we're living not that far away from the infamous south side of Chicago, and we're also living very close to a couple of the most dangerous suburbs in the U.S., now, hardly a day went by uh, without there being some news about a shooting. Now, the police district of Chicago has had an average of 640 murders each year since 1958. Now, that's a lot of people being killed each year. And for over a period of 63 years that have just gone by, uh, just over... 40,000 people have been murdered. Some of them victims, uh, some of those victims are just young children who are sitting inside their homes watching TV hit by a stray bullet. Now, where is the purpose in what we would consider a senseless and random killing? What about Nabil Qureshi? Not sure if you've heard of him, uh, but he uh, was a devout uh, Muslim man who, in his efforts and attempts uh, to search for Allah, uh, found Jesus Christ instead. He wrote a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, which told his story about coming to Christ out of Islam. 
And he ended up being used mightily by the Lord uh, from the year 2013 through to 2016, where he, he shot to fame and was doing a vast amount of good for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in September 2017, aged only 34, Nabil Qureshi uh, died of stomach cancer. He left his wife and two-year-old daughter behind. And what could have been an absolutely amazing ministry over, just as it was beginning. Why? Now, each of us have been through great difficulties, either with, with people or with circumstances that we're in. Some of us are probably uh, still going through uh, immensely difficult trials, and even after going through other trials as well, it's just it's ongoing, and it just seems like there's no end in sight. Some of us continue to face difficulties as a daily reality. We've all lost loved ones. Death, tragedies, disasters. We cannot make sense of them. It's hard to see God's providence. It's, it's hard to see God's purpose in these things, isn't it? How can a loving God allow such bad things to happen? We cannot fully comprehend it, can we? But as the Catechism tells us, and as we read in Proverbs 16 and Genesis 50, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose. God has a purpose for even the wicked people that He created. Now, does that thought comfort you? It should. God's providence is one of the most encouraging and, and comforting doctrines that we have. Often, providence is also called uh, God's sovereignty. And so God's providence is His sovereignty for us. And to put it very simply, God is in control of everything that happens. God determines everything that happens in this world down to the smallest detail. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens just by luck, whether good or bad. Everything's under God's control. And that is comforting, isn't it? And this is what we're considering this afternoon. God is in control of everything that happens to you. God's in control of everything that happens to you. Now, there's a lot that could be said about the providence of God. Um, and so we'll be seeking to understand something of the providence of God uh, from Proverbs uh, 16, verses 1 to 4, verse 9 and 33, as well as Genesis 50, verse 20. So firstly, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility for his actions. Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 3 and verse 9 say this, The plans of the heart belong to a person, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a person are clean in his own sight, but the Lord examines the motives. 
Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. The mind of a person plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In creation, uh, God has brought everything into existence. In his providence, God governs, God directs everything that he made in an ordered, coherent, and purposeful way. God, who is good, who is holy, who is most wise, actively rules over creation in accordance with his character. God's will is also infallible. It's unalterable. So while God made his creation and governs it, God also uses things and people within his creation to accomplish his will. Now God uh, determined that uh, New Zealand uh, would win the cricket trophy against India the other week. And so as we think about God's uh, government, it includes the fact that he caused the sun to shine on that day. He, he caused the grass to grow the right length and so on. The outcome of the game uh, depends on those who play the game, but uh, who are created beings, who derive their energy, who derive uh, their gifts from God to play uh, that game. Now, while God decreed infallibly, uh, yes, even in sports, uh, that New Zealand would win, it happened in harmony with the human factors that produced the victory. And so God uses people to achieve his purpose. Now, when we talk about God's providence or, or sovereignty, invariably we run into that question, don't we? Uh, if God governs and directs everything that happens in this world, then is God the author of sin? In other words, does God make man do evil? Well, this cannot be. Sin originates from humans, from the heart of man. God is not the author of sin, as it says in James 1 verse 13. God made man good, made him perfect, capable of choosing right from wrong, and man chose to sin for himself. He chose to take the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, sinful actions cannot happen without God's permission. God decrees that they take place and they do ultimately fulfill his ultimate purposes. You see this uh, particularly in the book of Job. Satan needs God's permission to test Job through these various trials and suffering. But God's will is done through even the evil intent of Satan himself. Verse 9 says, the mind of a man, uh, a person, uh, plans their way, but the Lord directs their steps. Humans sin willfully, deliberately. What I want us to think about this, God intends very different outcomes than what wicked mankind devises. Joseph in Genesis 50 verse 20 says, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. 
see in the New Testament, don't we, the, the pinnacle of evil, which is the crucifixion of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. God had always determined it right from the very beginning as we see uh, the gospel promise and seed form in Genesis 3.15. And yet it was the Jewish leaders who plotted and arranged it through the instrumentality of the Roman governor. In Acts 2 verse 23, in Acts 2 verse 23, Peter says to the Jews, this man, meaning Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. People have free will in their actions. But we see here, don't we, that in all that they choose to do, they fulfill God's great purpose. As well as being without excuse. No, they are without excuse because they're held to account for their actions. Providence is not an excuse to act foolishly or carelessly or sinfully. The Bible affirms for us human responsibility. I mean, we see in the Gospels, don't we, that, that Jesus says to the Pharisees that they are responsible for what they choose to do or not to do. In the book of Daniel, we see King Nebuchadnezzar that he's made like a beast of the field because he boasted in and glorified in himself. So he spends seven years as a beast of the field until he recognized that God is the ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. It's a beautiful story. And after King Nebuchadnezzar learns this truth and, and his reason returns to him, King Nebuchadnezzar confesses in Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 and 35, God's dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are of no account. But he does according to his will among the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can fend off his arm and say to him, what have you done? So yes, God will hold to account all those who commit acts of sin. In God's providence, the child in the house got shot even though the gunmen weren't even aiming at the child. However, what we see in God's Word is that those who shot those guns will be held responsible for their actions by God. And brothers and sisters, we ought to take great comfort from that truth. Nothing can thwart God's justice. Secondly, God governs all things. Proverbs 16, verse 4 and 33 say, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. I think it's slightly different in the ESV, but that's essentially what it's saying. And I just want to say here, just to make it very clear, uh, that the wicked being made for the day of evil was not that they made for the day of judgment at the end of time. But what this verse is talking about is that God made them with the wickedness in mind that they will do one day. And then verse 33 also says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. 
Genesis 50 verse 20 also says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many alive. There's a distinction to be made here between God's general providence and His special providence. God's general providence is, is where God governs all of creation. For instance, God causes the rain uh, to fall on the just and the unjust, Matthew 5. But God's special providence is especially important for us to see and understand that, that we as believers might take comfort from this doctrine of providence. God's special providence refers to the way in which God cares particularly for His church, meaning His elect people. Read the whole Old Testament and you cannot help but see how God protects and preserves His people in a very special way throughout all of history. Just think about Moses. Moses, instead of being put to death at the order of Pharaoh, is taken into the home of Pharaoh himself and raised as an Egyptian prince. All preparation for him to lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt to the promised inheritance of the land of Canaan and so on. Boys and girls, we all know the story of Joseph's life, don't we? Yeah? We've learned about him. Oh, when Joseph is young, he, he has this dream that one day his whole family will bow down before him. It's because of this dream and, and the fact that he tells them, uh, as well as the fact that Joseph is his dad's uh, favorite son out of 12 sons, uh, that the other sons one day sold him to traders on their way to Egypt. And so Joseph ends up in Egypt, doesn't he? He's a slave. Things go from bad to worse. He's false, falsely accused of attempted rape. Uh, he ends up in an Egyptian prison. Lots of bad things have happened to him. He has wrongly suffered at the hands of various people throughout his whole life. All people who are created by God. All circumstances that were orchestrated by God. For good? All of what happened to Joseph was not foreseen by him, nor would he have chosen to go through all of that. Because of his dream, Joseph might have thought, well, one day I'm going to inherit my father's wealth and I'll become a great man through that. But that's not what happened. Man can make his plans for his life all the while humbly acknowledging that God's word is definitive as to what will actually happen. As Joseph lived his life, he couldn't see the end result of the evil things that people did to him. In the most dark and difficult times, he couldn't see that in the end it would all be worth it, that he'd be blessed by God and used by Him in an amazing way to save Egypt and his own family from starvation. Think about it. For Joseph, it wasn't by chance that he went to his brothers when and where he did when they decided to get rid of him. 
It wasn't luck that spared his life when the traders came along and, and his brothers sold him into slavery rather than kill him there and then or leave him in the pit to die. It's not bad luck that, that led to him being thrown into Egypt, an Egyptian prison either. No, look, look at his life. He could see the hand of God's providence working through all these things, no matter how evil. That's why Joseph could say to his brothers at the end of it all, after all that happened in his life, including their evil actions, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. Proverbs 16 verse 4 confirms uh, Joseph's assessment. It says there, Yahweh, that is the Lord, makes everything for a purpose, even the day, uh, the wicked for the day of evil. This verse shows us that God is in control of the wicked, not just the righteous. That's an interesting thought. <laughs> I want freedom from God. And yet he still has control over them. Even the wicked acts of human beings, God uses their evil for good to bring all his plans to fruition. Just like we saw in, in Joseph's story, his, his brother's evil deed was used by God to bring about so much good. Even though Joseph couldn't see it, God overruled his brother's evil intent and actions. God overrules part of his wife and sinful desires and her, her sinful accusations in order to place Joseph in a position of influence so that God's people could survive that terrible famine. Just think about that. If sin and wickedness and even God's enemies are under his control, what do you need to fear? What do you need to fear? The death of Nabil Qureshi from, from stomach cancer, while, while we can all see his death as being a tragedy, Brothers and sisters, we cannot see how God was honored and glorified in his death. Maybe through his death, the gospel was spread forth throughout the world in even more of an amazing way than if he had lived. We don't know, do we? But what we do know is that God does all for his own glory and for the good of his people. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. It's the same for us too, brothers and sisters. Whatever tragedy or, or terrible circumstance or, or experience or, or suffering that you're currently going through, God intends to use that for your good. maybe for the good of many others as well. Can you cling to that truth and faith, even through the most difficult times? You'll come out of 
that difficult uh, that throughout come through sorry I'll start it again you will come out of the experience a different person than the one that's going into the trial you'll see your own frailty you'll see your own lack of understanding you'll be brought to your knees in prayer you'll be drawn closer to God leaning on him trusting in him having faith in him that is far more meaningful and deeper than ever before It's not by accident that we go through various trials. Nothing that happens to God's people, God's elect, is outside of his control. All that God sends us is for our ultimate spiritual good. God's providence extends to all of his creation, but God takes special care of his church, including you and me. In the New Testament, you can see that Jesus Christ promised his disciples that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. You can see in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, those struggling churches in Asia Minor, they're under the oversight, they're under the protection of the glorified Jesus Christ. Thanks to Jesus Christ, God is not just God the Father. But God is my Father. And as my Father, I know He loves me and cares for me, meaning everything that happens in my life, whether it's enjoyable or it's difficult, it's all for my good. And I know that because God is my God. He's my Father. What father would give something that's not good to his child? This afternoon, brothers and sisters, I have to ask you, is God your father? Is he your father? If he isn't, then the good times that you have in this sad life, as Lord's Day 9 says, are all the good times there are for you. If you go through hard and, and difficult times and you're struggling with life and you feel all alone, then that is your choice to continue to struggle alone all by yourself. The believer who is a child of God has knowledge, has the faith and the hope that these difficult times that we're currently going through are not meaningless, but are for our ultimate spiritual good. God has a purpose for them. Trust your heavenly Father. That no matter what difficulty you're going through, that it's for your ultimate good. There's a vital purpose to the struggles and the suffering that you're going through in this life. And that is, brothers and sisters, that your heavenly Father is drawing you to himself as he teaches you not to trust in anyone else in this life including and especially yourself and your own strength and your own wisdom to trust in Him. Because as we've sung in the service, God is the only constant. He's the one who's constantly there, 
the one who loves you, who cares for you, and who will hold you until he takes you home to be with him. Isn't that the most beautiful and wonderful and amazing news ever? That your eternal standing with God doesn't depend on your or my faithfulness, but on God's unalterable faithfulness. This brings us to our third and final point, the comfort God's providence brings us. God's providence, as we've already considered, is for our ultimate spiritual good, whether blessing or trial. Seeing and understanding God's providence is meant to turn us outward, not inward. We need to see God's providence through the lens of Scripture and, and see this faithful, loving, covenant God who counts the hairs of your head and, and who cares for all the sparrows in the sky. If you see a God like that, if you see God like that, you can live life without fear. There are no accidents in your life. None. Loss of job, financial stress, cancer diagnosis, loss of a loved one, COVID, everything that happens in your and my life that is bad as a consequence of the fall into sin. God who sees everything, who plans everything, knows everything, who loves us more than we could ever understand turns those bad things into something good. Even if that means that in his love for us, he, he ends our current suffering that we're going through or extends it. We know that God is for us and not against us. Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day uh, 10, question and answer 28 says, what does it profit us to know that God created and by his providence upholds all things. Well, brothers and sisters, knowledge of God's providence is for our comfort, giving us three things that enable us to live life without fear. Listen there for us. First of all, uh, we can be patient when things go against us. Joseph's imprisonment would have seemed to be a pointless dead end, but now it makes sense in light of what God uh, went on to do through him. Israel being slaves in Egypt makes sense now, doesn't it? Killing the Savior, Jesus Christ, this side of the cross and, and this side of the resurrection makes sense now, doesn't it? When loved ones die or get sick, God knows what He's doing with the pain in our lives, even if we can't see that end result. God is working good within us. Secondly, we can be thankful when things go well. We often pray that God will give us safe travels or that God will, will grant healing to our loved ones. And, and then we forget on the other side of that blessing, we forget to thank God, don't we? Well, believing in God's good providence means that we will attribute every success and every joy in life to the unearned grace of our good God to our loving Heavenly Father. And then thirdly, we can have confidence for the future. Maybe all the worries you have in your life will come true. Maybe they will. 
But God, as your loving, faithful, covenant God, will always be true to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll hear your prayers and your fears. As we acknowledge that God's ways and God's wisdom are far above our ways and above our wisdom, we know that we cannot always understand what He is doing and why He's doing what He's doing in our lives. But brothers and sisters, we can live without fear and the sure knowledge that nothing happens in this life without it being guided by the hand of the Creator God of all that exists, who is also our Heavenly Father. I'll close just by um, wanting, asking you to think about the simple scenario that you might find yourself in each week. You could be running late for an appointment or a job interview, or, or you're running late for church, uh, and you get stuck at a red light. Well, rather than get frustrated at the holdup and the fact that you're, you're running late for your, your own schedule, wouldn't it help you to think, God has a good purpose for me to be stuck here at these lights right now. What if you could see into the future? And you see that if the light had been green and you'd breathed straight through, you would have been in a major accident just down the road. Now you can sit there happily for however long it takes, can't you? Knowing that God had spared you from that. Brothers and sisters, whatever happens to you in life, luck's got nothing to do with it. When you go through tough times in life and you doubt that God cares, remember the providence of God, especially the providence of God that He's shown to you in His Son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for His goodness to us. Amen.